Hello, I'm Chris Giles, and welcome to this new podcast from International SOS, examining the wider impact of the recent earthquakes in Turkey. The scale of the damage that was inflicted raised a lot of questions about countries' preparedness to cope with seismic activity. Coming up, the challenges ahead as Turkey faces a massive rebuilding operation, the economic impact of the disaster, what does this all mean for the planned general election? Right now, a lot of uncertainty persists around the elections. The ruling party in Turkey, they uh, have made no statements indicating that they intend to delay the elections. More than 46,000 people are known to have died in Turkey and Syria since two huge earthquakes struck on the 6th of February. Since then, there's also been a powerful 6.3 magnitude earthquake in southern Turkey near to the Syrian border, which happened on the 20th of February. That further damaged buildings just two weeks after the country's worst earthquake in living memory. Polina Vinogradova is International SOS's lead security analyst for the Mashrek and Iran region and tells me that these events have brought the risk of seismic activity back into the spotlight. The scale of the damage that was inflicted raised a lot of questions about countries' preparedness to cope with seismic activity, not only in the southern regions, right? We're talking across the country. We're talking about major urban centers such as Istanbul, such as Izmir. So for our clients, this is a good reminder to be mindful of Turkey's kind of exposure to seismic activity, to those risks, and they need to account for, for these risks in their emergency and escalation planning incorporating them in the company's contingency planning can help mitigate the impact, can help prepare the staff on the ground, which ultimately can save lives. The international community has committed millions of dollars of financial assistance to help Turkey, but the costs of rebuilding areas affected could run to billions of dollars. Some government officials have even put it at $50 billion. But it comes as Turkey, like many countries around the world, faces a persisting economic crisis and everything that's associated with that. High inflation, currency devaluation, high prices on essential commodities. And of course, that will have the impact on the, first of all, the government's ability to rebuild uh, the the affected areas, but also will, will seriously test government's ability to also manage the economic crisis at the same time and provide and assist people that are facing, once again, high prices on essential commodities, on on food, on fuel, and all of that will drive public criticism of the government. That's inevitable, right? There have already been some limited protests, including gatherings in affected areas. That included demonstrations over the delays in the government's emergency response in the days after the first earthquake struck. President Erdogan, what would you like to say to the people who are supporting your country? President Erdogan declined to answer questions as he walked through an aid hub in the city of Adiyaman on the 10th of February. That followed criticism. His government was too slow to act. Um, wanted to ask him about the support that has been received um, and what more might be needed um, for the people of southeastern Turkey. All the infrastructure has gone here. I'm so sorry that we cannot rescue everyone as quickly as possible. All the municipalities and mayors are working together with civil NGOs as well. Every citizen of Turkey and our friends from all over the world, we're all trying to stand by the victims of the earthquake. Reporting there from Sky News. So with Turkey susceptible to seismic activity, people have been questioning why there are not measures in place to stop buildings from crumbling. As the government struggles to cope both with the aftermath of the disaster and the economic crisis, that in itself 
can contribute to the public discontent and can actually result in, in, in anti-government protests and strikes. And this is particularly sensitive because all of these issues, they persist ahead of the upcoming elections. If there were to be protests, mm-hmm. could you say where any sort of hotspots might, might be, for example? Urban centres uh, centers such as Istanbul, such as the capital Ankara, but also other major urban centres across the country are susceptible to unrest, uh, more so than like smaller towns, smaller localities. So especially if we're looking in the period ahead of the elections, we are likely to see more security presence on the ground across urban centres. Security forces deployed to prevent or deter unrest. And, and those measures are likely to deter large-scale gatherings. But even if they, if we're not talking about large-scale gatherings, if we're talking about groups of, let's say, a, a couple of hundred people or a couple of dozen, those protests still can cause local disruption. They can lead to clashes between security forces and protesters. And that essentially poses a risk to our clients on the ground, particularly if they find themselves in the the vicinity of of such gathering. So that is why basically we always advise our um, clients who have stuff on the ground in Turkey to be mindful of that, to avoid any gatherings, to monitor developments and be aware where the gatherings planned and if they are planned in the vicinity where their stuff is based in Turkey. Well, elections are due to take place in Turkey on the 14th of May, but the earthquakes have sparked a debate about whether now is the right time to hold them. The disaster has even prompted questions about if it's even feasible to hold them as the country recovers from the earthquake, especially in the worst affected areas. The ruling party in Turkey, they uh, have made no statements indicating that they intend to delay the elections, to postpone the elections. There is also legal hurdles. Constitution states that elections can be delayed for one year, but only in case of war. But he is yet to sign the official decree. It is supposed to be signed in March, essentially. If he doesn't, then potentially elections might take place in June. But there are a lot of uncertainty. Unfortunately, we can't predict what is going to happen next, but this, this, all of these factors we need to take into account and closely monitor developments around the upcoming elections. And with regards to those upcoming elections and the uncertainty, what advice would you give to our clients? Our clients who have stuff on the ground in Turkey need to already start preparing, if they haven't, to kind of incorporate the elections in their escalation planning. Now, What I discussed previously, what I mentioned previously regarding the authorities being quite restrictive around any demonstration of unrest, it's still very much there. So we don't anticipate breakouts of widespread unrest across urban centers in Turkey. For one, the anti-government sentiments are there, but they haven't boiled to the point where to trigger widespread unrest. Sporadic protest demonstrations, rallies can take place in different urban centers. That's something to account for, monitor our alerts, liaise with local contacts to stay aware where these gatherings are are taking place, where the rallies are taking place, campaign rallies, and plan accordingly, just avoid them because they can cause localized disruption. They they can deteriorate into, you know, scuffles with security forces, pose a risk to bystanders. So that's something to take into account. But more broadly, we, once again, as I mentioned, we don't anticipate a significant deterioration of security environment during the elections. Helena Vinogradova, International SOS's lead security analyst for the Mashrek and Iran region. Well, that's all for now, but just a reminder that you'll be able to access the latest information and updates on the situation in Turkey from our website, internationalsos.com. 
And from there, you can find out about our global network of assistance centres available to clients 24-7. But until next time, thanks very much for listening and goodbye.